Hello, hello, hello. It is me. It is me, your True Hill Phenom SP3. We are live on the True Hill Heat YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter for NXT Vengeance Day 2024 preview. And I am joined by a very special guest. You hear her talk about NXT every single Thursday after the show with Alex Palowski over on the Fightful YouTube channel. She is Mrs. Wrestling YouTube <laughs> when you really think about it. It is Kate from Fightful. Hello. How are you, SP3? <clears throat> I am wonderful. I'm so glad to have you back on the channel. It's been too long. It's only been a few months, but too long. I know this is like usually you're in Chicago when <laughs> when I get to come on here, but very excited to talk some uh, NXT with you. I was so flattered by the intro of having Chris Hero, Thunder Rosa, and Max. What like a what a special way to kick off the show? Three of the faves. So um, very excited to to chop it up with you. You're always the substitute teacher for us at Fightful. You're always killing it when I need someone to to call on. I'm very happy to come over. To True Heel Heat and talks about NXT. The crossover that they've always wanted. It's, it's like That's the right. forbidden the door. door. It goes both ways. <laughs> it goes both ways, right. folks. We're just the Rocky Romeros over here is what we are. We are opening the door to every single channel that we can, you would be. So let's go. <laughs> you already know. You already know. So I'm glad to have you to talk about NXT Vengeance Day. Glad for everyone who is joining us live. If you're watching us on demand, we appreciate you as well. Show that appreciation back the simplest way possible. Drop the thumbs up on this video. Share this video with all your wrestling fans, friends, and family on all your favorite social media platforms. If you're new to the True Hill Heat YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. Hit the bell to stay notified for all the great content. Content here. We just hit 12,000 subscribers here on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. So if you haven't already, hit that bell so you always get notified whenever we go live and sound off in the live chat so we can highlight one of your comments. If you're feeling generous and you want to give back to what we do here, you can send a super chat donation. That is also important to what we do. It always goes back to the contributors that you usually see on screen with us here. But without further ado, let's get into NXT Vengeance Day, Kate, because I want to know how excited, what's your buzz level for this Sunday show, Vengeance Day, the first premium live event for NXT from like 0 to 10? Um, I'll go with like a 7, but the thing is that 7 is so split because I find the creative in NXT to be like the wild, wild west. You never know what's coming. For me, that's not my preference as a wrestling fan. Like, I tend to like things being related to wins and losses. Um, I'm more of a give us a booking that is supporting the stars rather than just screen time being a measure of if someone's over, that kind of thing. But the in-ring on these PLEs always, always, always shows out. There's some stuff I'm really looking forward to. Dijak and Joe Gacy squeezing in at the last minute is, like, maybe the match I'm most excited for on this card. That world title picture has been kind of muddy for a little bit but i think we're going to get a tremendous amount of clarity and i think the matches are going to be fantastic so like usual with nxt i'm very excited for a lot of the in-ring we're going to get just some of that booking leaves me with some question marks about some things but uh hey it's a day watching wrestling i can't complain that much right <laughs> another day right another day exactly. to watch wrestling uh, I always say with NXT, uh, I had this great conversation with my good friend Jimmy Macaram on the channel where I said, yeah, NXT, they do their backstage segments, their vignettes, their pre-tapes are rough. Like the uh, there's just some of the worst acting that I ever seen. And Jimmy trying to defend it, say, well, they're not actors. And I was like, I know. So just wrestle. Like when they wrestle, I like it. Why it's don't they just do that more? You're a little bit actors. You're on a television show and you have to be able to say lines. So I'm with you. I'm also forgiving in that it's developmental, right? Like this is where you go to learn those things. But it's also the material they're being given that makes me not so hopeful for where some of that stuff is going. Definitely has that after school special kind of feel, which some people love. Like there's 700,000 people that tune in for that, right? So um, I'm I'm with you. It's not for me. It's It's really, really rough on the acting side but the in-ring is great and usually the PLEs are very in-ring focused so um yeah. definitely the the things that I like to watch most out of this product are these PLEs 
Absolutely. We got a couple of people in the chat already. Vala B, who says, I like NXT shows. I always go in blind and come out at least a bit impressed. Yeah, I always find someone new that I'm like, oh, they got much better. Like uh, Deadline was Lash Legend. Lash Legend was the one that yes. was like, she got taken to the next level. I was like, oh, I'm impressed. Let's go. Coming out party for her. Yeah, that was really cool. That's really cool to see. I, I don't know if there's a specific match too, but like Trick is now a main eventer and it didn't feel like that was going to be the case not all that long ago um lyra certainly had her coming out party against becky but on the ple's especially we get to kind of see how people get taken to the next level for sure yeah it was like in the lead up to heat wave last year that the trick yes. push actually started and 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 that's why i think that the finish to this main event will kind of bring things full circle. I have something interesting that I wanted to tell you. Uh, but right. we got a couple of more comments here. We got Vala B. We got Chase in the chat saying, whoop that trick. We got Vala B who says, Kate's 11th podcast this week. <laughs> Is that accurate? I don't think quite there, but we're getting there. We're getting close. It's only because I took Wednesday off. But yeah, it's... Uh, it's I took Wednesday off too. I, I had I, I had gone on like a whole week-long streak. Of doing something on this channel because of Raw Rumble Week, Vince oh. News, and all stuff. So I had like a full week. So I was like, Wednesday, I'm not going to do anything. And it was, was a like, day off. Eh, if I'm seeing like Jeff Hardy on the same episode as RPT and a bunch of others, like, yeah, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be not such a pivotal week. I have to be on there for AEW. Was kind of how I felt. <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been ranting a lot more about AEW as of late, and might be because I, I see a whole bunch of fifty year olds on my screen. So, and that is usually what it is for me. <laughs> Keep sounding off in the live chat, and of course, you can send a super chat donation, like our good hey. friend Will Chisholm. Thank you as always, Will. He sends a super chat where he says, "I forgive the acting because my grandmother made me and my sister watch old western, and that act." was bar was bad and they got paid millions they didn't get paid millions it's an old western they got paid thousands which <laughs> if you're drawing the comparison to nxt pretty on par so well played but um some people love it and some people say look it's wrestling it's cheesy as an art form to begin with so if that's where you're at that's that's awesome like i'm glad that there's something out there for you it's not the most for me but i get paid to talk about it so we talk about it <laughs> absolutely absolutely thank you will for the super chat but let's get into the show and we'll go right to the matchup that you said you're looking forward to the most it was the most recent addition to the card no disqualification it's going to be Jack going one-on-one -on -one with joe gacy and i literally on uh, i was on beard to beards last night two beards between two beards over on oh, yeah. uh, love wrestling and I told them, I was like, I can explain this whole rivalry in like one breath. Joe Casey was an announcer. He got into Dijak's face. Dijak got mad at him. They got into a brawl. They had a match. He got pushed into a wall. And then they brawled the next week all throughout the arena. And then he fell into a dumpster and they made the match. <laughs> well done. Well done. <laughs> I'll add a little bit more color to this because this Joe Casey reboot has been actually a little bit more interesting in one of the best starts he's been off to. Now, I think Joe Gacy's great, and I feel like a lot of the things that have stunted him in NXT have been releases that had nothing to do with him that were a part of his group. Um, but what I really like about this Joe Gacy thing is, okay, initially me and Alex Pulowski were like, what if he was the only person that could see the parking lot monster like John Locke on Lost? Like, that's where we thought Crazy Joe Gacy was going. There's an NXT parking lot monster. He's the only one that can communicate with it. But instead, it seems like maybe they've gone almost in this mini Cactus Jack uh, direction. And I, I kind of like that, that this guy just won't stay down, but he's out of his mind. They went in a very silly direction the past two weeks. Jack is so fun because of the kind of 80s action star vibe that he has. I feel like he can turn up the serious factor whenever he wants, but can also exist in this kind of cheesy world. I was howling at uh, the Oscar the Grouch in it. I was calling it that Joe Gacy did this past week with uh, coming out with ramen noodles in his hair and a coffee filter in his mouth. Just won't stay down. Kind of that Cactus Jack feel, which I, th I think was a fun comparison from my host on, on Tuesdays, Alex. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to this because my complaints with Joe Gacy have never been in ring. In fact, they've been more, can we get him in the ring more? I like seeing Joe Gacy wrestle. 
I think Dijak's going to be a really fun dance partner. I feel like Dijak hits the win here because I feel like the Cactus Jack type character doesn't necessarily need the W's. And I also don't think this is the end of this. Hmm. I, I didn't think about that, that it could be kind of the start of this whole rivalry. I will give NXT a bunch of credit for using Dijak in these non-title feuds for over a year now. Like he, he hasn't really been like he had the title match against Wesley at last year's Vengeance Day, but he's had great matches since then in matches that had nothing to do with titles, really. Or it was like number one contenders, whether it be him and Dragunov at Battleground or the uh, the deadline Iron Survivor matchup. So Dijak has been able to be a player in NXT and a major player. I want to see more for him because I've always been a fan of Dijak since his days in Ring of Honor and the independent scene. But I don't know. I, I kind of have a feeling Joe Gacy is going to win this one. I, you think I feel Joe like Gacy's going to ratio him? Is that what you think? I, I think, I think, I think, I mean, I, I've, I've rooted for Dijak on many of occasions on these premium live events and he always loses. So that's why I think that's, that's, that's the other part of me in my head. That's like, no, you've done this before. Don't do it again. Pick Joe Gacy. So I'm going to go with Joe Gacy. I respect it. I mostly am going with, uh, Dijak here too because I feel like this is a big establishing pay-per-view for Joe Gacy so I think the more interesting thing is for this type of character not to win and then you have to see what way they pivot um, and I, I do think we're gonna get a return shot at some point but I'm I'm with you they break my heart with Dijak a lot but this is kind of the role he plays in NXT and he's excellent at it being that talent for people that have breakout matches against and establish themselves against, or you get something incredible like we saw with him and Dragunov when you have someone that is a little bit more established. So agree with you. I feel like Dijak is um, not only underrated as a wrestler, but a vital part into what NXT is trying to build right now. 100%. Another big part of that is the current NXT Tag Team Champions, the family, Tony D'Angelo and Channing Stacks Lorenzo. They'll be teaming up with the Riz. I don't even, I I, 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 I stopped trying to care about her full name. I just call her the Riz. Uh, <laughs> what's her full name again? Uh, Well, now it's Adriana Rizzo. Yeah, yeah, I know it was something different. She's Big Ange, and she'll forever be Big Ange to me and to our Tuesday night show because she's unbelievable she's just she just is she just is big she ass. gets oh, the whole gimmick a lot faster than tony d and stacks did i'm sorry like i love the riz the riz will be she's amazing with tony d and stacks versus otm out the mud what do you think about this rivalry, this kind of uh, the OTM recruiting Jada Parker to deal with the Riz and attacking the Tony D's uh, restaurant? And now it all sets up this huge six-person tag team matchup at Vengeance Day. What have you thought about the rivalry? What have you thought about OTM's improvement since their start? Um, I love what they've added as well. I think both of the women in both pictures are actually doing just an incredible job very charismatic, making things feel grounded when they get a little bit out of control. Uh, I'm a little split on this one, honestly. I feel like uh, Tony D and the family might retain here. I feel like, um, I actually feel like it's kind of time for them to drop the titles, but I don't know if Out the Mud is there yet. I think the W but for Out the Mud. I think on this, this is a six person tag. I thought it was a six person, not a. Oh title my match. gosh, you're right. Yeah. You're yeah. right. I. Actually, thank you for reminding me of that because I that actually very much affects my <laughs> I'm very glad you pointed that out. I'm pretty sure out the mud gets the win so that we can get to um probably some more proper tag action off of this. Um, so you let them get the win here and then a proper challenge for those titles coming. Thank you very much. My brain is very much in the mud this morning, I guess. I am not, uh, <laughs> not it's fully... out the mud now. OTM. Oh, man. Uh, so, you know, that that actually, as we're talking through, that makes a ton of sense. I think out the mud, getting a big pay-per-view win kind of gives them the credibility to go after those titles a little bit more authority and to, to kind of keep this rivalry going. Um, and I, I think it's going to be fun. I think this could kind of go either way, but realizing that this is a six person, thank you very much, uh, does make it feel like it's set up to kind of set up the inevitable title shot a little bit later.
Yeah, honestly, I think I would be more interested in this matchup if it was just the Riz versus Jada Parker. Right? Like, like the most interesting thing about this matchup. There was nothing about OTM versus the family for the tag team titles on that episode of NXT that made me want to see this matchup. Uh, but the interactions and the brawling with Jada Parker and the Riz have made it a little bit more interesting, have gotten more legs out of this rivalry than I thought it was going to get. So I, I think this is going to be a good performance for for the Riz, but I think that Jada Parker is going to get the win here for OTM. I think she's got to, and excuse my vacation brain, sorry about that, but I will also say, like, part of the thing with Tony D is he needs to have more robust of a family for the gimmick to work. I really think Tony D is actually really good. Stax is there to do what he's there to do. Big Ange is a star. I love her so much. She'll forever be Big Ange to me, but, like, the fact that Luca Crucifino is not in this picture drives me crazy um and i i just feel like if you're the family you need more members like the best the d'angelo family ever was i felt like was in that feud against uh legato a couple years yeah. ago because it was so robust and everything was evenly matched so my hope is that they tend to bring in more people to this it's just kind of hard to do that with tag titles they, they've kind of booked themselves into something a little bit odd here you you basically have the same complaint me and Jimmy have about Blackpool Combat Club. Blackpool Combat Club, I made the comparison. It's like the X-Men if Dr. Xavier just recruited Cyclops and stopped. <laughs> the the whole well, point of Blackpool Combat Club was we're training the future. We were gonna we're gonna get Willa Yuta, we're gonna get Danny Garcia, we're gonna get Lee Moriarty, and they just stopped at Willa Yuta. I don't know. I think Danny Garcia might end up heading over there because he tends to lose when he's alone. He tends to lose when he's with Jericho and he tends to lose when he's with FTR. So I think he might find his way in there. Wheeler and Danny Garcia should have like a decades long rivalry, but agreed with you. If you're a stable, be a stable. If you're a family, you got to be a family here, right? So I, I mean, if Adriana has any siblings, they should absolutely be in this. She is uh, like a moth to flame with this. <laughs> The rest of the Rizzo's over here. That's uh, right. So, so Call Rizzo. <laughs> so it has been making a big impact on NXT since his arrival is the NXT men's breakout tournament winner Oba Femi the new NXT North American champion he cashed in his contract on Dragon Lee after he picked up a victory over Alexis King on an episode of NXT Dragon Lee has tried to convince Oba Femi to give him this opportunity and Oba was convinced after Dragon Lee picked up a win over scripts I don't know why that was so convincing but each its own <laughs> um i think this is going to be a nice little clash in styles the little taste that we got of this when he cashed in the contract was pretty good i think this is going to be probably oba femi no definitely oba femi's best match to date and i'm a bit of an oba, oba feminist so i'm going with too. oba femi Who you me got? too in a, in a major way and oba feminist um for context if you don't watch the show i do on tuesdays it's called Sour Graps, and the slogan is Everything Sucks. And I was almost paralyzed with, with fear because Alex is so excited about Obafemi, and he doesn't like anybody or anything. He is so excited about Obafemi, so am I. This guy is just a star. And one thing I appreciate is that it feels like they recognize that. They don't always strike while the iron's hot in NXT because the iron is a chameleon little iron i don't know the metaphor ends there but like so much is going on at nxt and everything's changing all the time um but it's it's really really cool that they had put this guy on tv about a year ago i think they might have realized they had something special and pulled him off and said let's make sure that he's ready because we all thought he was cool in his debut and we're like he shot putting couches literally where did this guy go we want more of him they did the work to make sure he was ready for this moment I think Dragon Lee is just one of the best that you can put anybody in a ring with. That guy could probably make an amoeba look good at this point. But Obafemi, absolutely fantastic. A super awesome rise through the tournament. Um, I was nervous they weren't going to have him win because of what they were doing with Riley Osborne. But this ended up being really, really great. I think he retains here. And I think there is an absolute future star in our hands. On Tuesday nights, we're rooting for him to have all the gold, women's title, dethrone Roman, do whatever you got to do. We are Oba Feminists, full throttle uh, for the 25-year-old Oba Femi. 
<laughs> I, I've been hearing about that on social media that there's some debate over his age because he once said that he was 22 and his mom said he's 25. So, as I mean, if you you might be one of the few that can stick with me on this reference because we're in a similar age bracket. I said it was a Daniel Monte situation. Do you remember the Daniel Monte scandal? There's like six yeah. people that get it, and I was like, SP3 is gonna be one of them. Very Daniel Absolutely. Monte. If you don't know. Google the Little League scandal that was Danny Almonte. <laughs> Man, when it was Little League scandals, when we used to pay oh. attention to stuff like that. The good My old days. Oh, my God. <laughs> we got another Super Chat donation here from Will Chisholm. Thank you so much, Will. He says, I usually don't like the NXT crowd, but I love how the fans turn Oba into Black Panther. <laughs> <laughs> he, do, he does. I mean, he is a he is a he is royalty where he's from. So he does code himself, and he comes across his whole presentation is like a prince, like a king. So I I do like that about Obafemi, and I do love the crowd doing the war chant. The, oh, every time he says a sentence, it's pretty great. And the thing with crowds that are consistent, like the NXT crowd, especially for. I don't want to say lower stakes brands, but kind of like lower stakes brands, developmental brands, ones that aren't uh, having the tenacity that like an AEW or a SmackDown and Raw have. Um, they can get very in on themselves and that gets really annoying when they get in on things like ironically, but it's also really fun when they do stuff like this. Like there's a double-edged sword with those repeat crowds, but um, this has been really, really fun. They've been doing all of the, the chance and everything. It's been really cool. And he deserves the support. He's, I think, going to be as good as uh, we were hoping. What struck me in the first dalliance with Dragon Lee especially was how great he had picked up on selling already. Like, he made yeah. Dragon Lee look really good in certain moments. And we're that big against a guy of that size and style. Uh, that doesn't always come the most natural. That's probably the weirdest part of wrestling. Um, so it was really encouraging to see little things like that and those early interactions. And I really feel like his whole the whole push that he's getting feels very reminiscent to Braun Breaker. It feels like yes. he's the new he's going to be the replacement for Braun to be the new uh, marquee powerhouse of NXT. Yeah, I'm in on, on that entirely. And what's funny is I think people are starting to realize it now because he was on the main roster. But Braun Breaker's not that tall. He's big yeah. and he's explosive but he's not the tallest dude in the world i think obafemi has a like four or five inches of height on him so yeah. um i think he's gonna be even more convincing and broad is pretty damn good already so looking forward to get what we're gonna get at obafemi here when when you said something about like nxt crowds kind of getting on themselves and getting into something one thing that did annoy me was how they used to boo roxanne perez but we've gotten past that and we could talk about their next <laughs> matchup for the nxt women's championship as it's going to be lyra valkyria defending against former nxt women's champion Roxanne Perez. Roxanne won a battle royal that turned into a fatal four-way to earn this opportunity. And this has been a rivalry or a feud that has been built on respect. But also, you have the stalker of Tatum Paxley, <laughs> who has been stalking our NXT Women's Champion, who put Roxanne through a table, who Roxanne beat on this past week's NXT and even attacked after the match when she went to attack her. So, we don't know if she's going to play a factor in this matchup, but presuming by the bill, she will. Who do you think is going to win? What have you thought, of, thought about the buildup to this matchup? Where, I mean, we can all be honest here. This was not the planned matchup. It was supposed to be Cora Jade. Correct. Yes, it was very obvious and unfortunate that Cora Jade just returned and is now injured. Um, definitely felt like it was heading in that direction. And uh, with Tatum Paxley... I feel like the the Shawn Michaels booking here is going to be the thing that drives me nuts on this PLE because it feels like Lyra is going to retain probably with some interference from Tatum Paxley that she didn't even want or request. And I have a feeling this is going to be how they turn Roxanne heel or how they send her off to the main roster kind of more appropriately. I hope she goes up to the main roster. I thought the interactions with her and Tiffany and Rumble were really fun with the Toodles elimination. I'm rooting for both of them to go up because there's not a lot left for them to accomplish, especially if they're not going to be champions. Um, but I, I think Lyra retains on the back of Tatum Paxley. I don't think Lyra wants that because she's an honorable champion, but I think that's where 
this heads um, in what will be a great match up until the last 30 seconds just to drive me crazy personally. That's what they will do. <laughs> it's going to be a great match, and then they're going to mess it all up with the book. <sighs> Is, it, is this leading to Tatum Paxley versus Lyra Valkyria as stand and deliver? Because that doesn't feel like a stand and deliver matchup to me. No, I'm wondering if this leads to more. Well, I guess it would probably more likely be healed, but we still have Lola Vice to go, right? With the. Yes, that's true. Um, yeah, the. I, I call think it the she made it. She, she, because it's like a portfolio. I don't know why it's like an at a glance planner, but uh, she's looked really, really good. She has uh, the same spinning heel kick that I think she actually executes a little bit better than Lyra. So I'm looking forward to what that might end up being. But that feels like unless they're going to do um, a huge arrival of someone showing up. Camille was rumored, but then it seemed like she didn't sign. Like unless somebody's coming in for that level of um, not going right to the main roster, but feels like a big signing. I think maybe you lead to Lola Vice in, in that. Yeah, I would think by the like the booking, it would be either Lola Vice either cashing in her contract at Stand and Liver or just like uh, outright saying she's going to do that at Stand and Liver, and that's the matchup that you build to. Yeah, I think that could be really fun, and um, she's she's one of the kind of Rookie of the Year contenders in, in yeah. this uh, fold of the NXT Women's Division who... Well, I, I don't love a lot of the booking. I, it's undeniable that they get a ton of screen time and a ton of room to discover how to be themselves. And uh, it pays off. You're getting stars on the women's side of things over and over and over again. So um, she's definitely in that conversation. She deserves to be. They're also, I don't know when Sol Ruka is expected back, but she was so Whoa. over when she got injured. I wonder if maybe that's somewhere they had. But Lyra and Sol kind of feel like too similar on the way that they're over yeah. and the way that they're faces to create a really cool rivalry out of that. So Lola Vice really kicking butt in this heel role. I think that might be the way to go. And you also have to see, because what I've seen is that when you have the long layoff and the injuries with NXT, it doesn't always feel like they're quite as over. You don't get that energy like you do on the main roster when somebody comes back and they feel so renewed and fresh. Like Nikita Lyons is the best example of that. She's come back and it's pretty obvious she's not as over as she once she was when before she left. So I fear that might happen with Sol Ruka because we've also seen that before with Zoe Stark. Go back to Zoe Stark sure. and like two years ago when she came back from injury, she wasn't quite as over as she was before she had the injury. Like it seems to happen a lot in this new era of the developmental NXT. I think part of that might be because the product changes so swiftly and because it's so swervy and unpredictable they're not usually coming back for the person that injured them a year ago. And that person has had a steady rise or anything like that. Um, Nikita Lyons too, you could argue was over for certain things that maybe don't have the staying power. I think when Sol Ruka hits that finisher again, she's going to be right back. And she also just has that um, very magnetic appeal that almost like a Willow Nightingale or something has like that, that very calm, um, happy authority. I guess Willow's much more exuberant, but but that yeah. same thing where She's, you just want to root for them, like you want to be behind them for sure. I feel like Sol Ruka has that. Sol Ruka always reminded me of like a female Rob Van Dam. Like what made Rob oh, Van I love Dam that comparison? I love yeah, that. Yeah, like the innovative uh, style in the ring, and then she just comes off as cool, like something that probably 35 year old me if i watched rvd in like the 90s i'd be like oh that's pretty lame you're just like this stereotype <laughs> pothead but like to the 2024 he's a me, surfer maybe looks at a sur like a 420 like, connection yeah yeah you know it could be 420 friendly you know it's like surfer sting meets rvd kind of thing <laughs> i love it i love it i love that comparison that's a that's a really apt one and um I feel like the way she was over is a little different than the ways that Zoe and Nikita were over. And I, I, I'm hoping that'll pay off for her because she was really, really on an upward trajectory and that injury came at an unfortunate time. It seems so Not that there's like an awesome time to get injured, yeah, but, yeah, but, <laughs> but like on her ascent for sure. <laughs> right, lately for WWE, it's been coming at very unfortunate times. Uh, yeah. Uh, My we goodness. Gotta Another super chat donation here from, of course, Will Chisholm. Thank you so much, Will. He says, I used to say I could see Bailey as a heel, and she she turned me around. I want to see Roxanne as a heel, but she sounds too nice, like she's cutting a 2006 <laughs> Disney promo. Yeah, I honestly have been saying, because it's 
felt like they've been teasing a Roxanne heel turn for like mm-hmm. months ever since she kind of it wasn't really the fans turned on her. The fans just got sick of the cookie cutter kind of white meat baby face, especially after and she lost the title due to anxiety anxiety. So like that was it. That was it. I think that was it for the fans. And they that's why they started booing her. Um, but a great uh, message to send is mental health makes you a loser. That's essentially what they did with Roxanne. But I agree with this chat. I think maybe you were trying to say the opposite about Bailey, that you couldn't see her as a heel. And she turned you around with um, both the clever heel work she's done and damage control and the ding dong. Hello stuff. She carried the product as a heel. Um, Roxanne turning heel is interesting to me because I haven't seen it before. I agree with you that her promos sound a little bit, uh, 2006 Disney is a fair thing, but it's also what they've given her. She lost the title. She never actually lost it. Sounded good. I felt like in the, the go home last week. Um, but I, I feel like she hasn't really had the opportunity. She had the flair with Blair Davenport. That was cool, but did not feel important enough on the product. So it's also a matter of what you're given in certain respects. And it's, it's interesting to see what they'll do with her. Cause if she loses and doesn't turn heel, I think our girl Bailey is going to need some help on the main roster suit. And I feel like not only is that who she made her main roster debut against, there's a lot of fun that could be had between Bailey and Roxanne. She barely can see a little bit of herself in Roxanne and Bailey loves, loves recruiting the NXT talent. Like she said in that promo before uh, Roar Rumble, Uh, we got, Another super chat donation here from Will Chisholm. Thank you so much, Will. He says she needs to talk to Randy about that finisher. Look how my back is now. <laughs> to be fair. Well, to be fair. <laughs> no notes. No notes. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not wrong. No I notes. can't argue with it. <laughs> Four star super chat. No notes. That's right. Um, <laughs> Seven in the Tokyo Dome, really. <laughs> says, was Roxy a heel in ROH? No, she was white me baby face as can be. You know, she's the young up and comer. You know, you rally behind her, the underdog baby face. I just think, think that NXT has kind of lost the plot with that or want to be creative and come up with a different story. And they kind of lost the plot on what her character really is at its essence. You know, they have her dubbed as the prodigy, and I wish they had gone in that direction because. As a face, you could just be a prodigy that's going out there with something to prove. As a heel, you could just be cocky as hell because you're the prodigy, right? So yeah. that felt like such an organic launching point, and they've they really kind of lost the plot with her, as you said. In ROH, I remember being at the finalist of final battles, and it was kind of split between her and Willow Nightingale. If you want to talk about two of the biggest baby faces in women's wrestling, justified both these girls' chance for that match. There was like a, a really um fun split in that and that they both were people that you just wanted to cheer so much for so uh was was very much a baby face as i feel like is more her real house but i think something they do in nxt is try to test you on both sides of things we saw that with carmelo we saw that with braun right um i thought braun was great as a face this heel version is way better with his moveset so um from the developmental aspect it makes sense to, to kind of try on both worlds i think yeah, and you're able to uh, show a lot more humor and death on your promos as a heel because you yeah. see that with Braun. He's a lot more comfortable talking as a heel than he ever was as a babyface. Uh, but I'm going to go with Lyra to retain here. You agree? Yes, big time. There we go. And now the final two matches, I want to save it because it is going to be the book ended by one man. Trick Williams, because probably the opener to the show will be the men's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Finals as the Wolf Dogs. Braun Breaker and Baron Corbin will go up against the Trick Mellow Gang, Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes. Uh, These men have put on some really good performances in this tournament so far. Trick and Mellow had to defeat LWO on this past Tuesday's edition of NXT to earn the opportunity for the finals, while the Wolf Dogs defeated Axiom and Nathan Frazier in a great matchup in the tournament semifinals. This is for the biggest stars in NXT right now. What have you thought about the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic and these two pairings, and who do you think wins? I'm going to sound like a cranky old lady on this, okay? 
I like when the Dusty Classic is used for real tag teams and we got two situations of people that were thrown together and two situations that the bigger issue is I feel like might feel kind of handicapped um, from where you go from here with the Dusty because it certainly feels like Carmelo is main roster bound and that trick might also go up. Definitely feels like what from what we saw in Royal Rumble and following that Braun Breaker is main roster bound. So you're also now leading to another situation where the winners are going to probably split off or maybe they get pulled up to the main roster with their um, tag team partner. Now, I feel like either situation, that's not great. It should probably go to a tag team that's going to be sticking around NXT. Uh, It's frustrating that they tend to water down the significance of the Dusty a couple years ago at Stand and Deliver. We saw um, the tag team winners cash in on individual winners which was really awful like just defeated the whole oh, purpose that of just, tag that team so bad. oh man brutal stuff so i don't feel like either winner is a great call now it does feel like maybe they're setting this up to affect the main event um maybe trick takes the pin and Carmelo gets pissed and beats on him and softens him up before the main event to help Ilya retain. I'm not sure where that goes, um, but they do seem to have abandoned the, we were attacked backstage story. And I feel like that might've gotten a little bit convoluted with the main roster stuff. Cause it feels like Carmelo is a face on the main roster. So I don't think you want him working heel at NXT unless they've completely abandoned that or, um, you know, maybe it's somebody completely out of nowhere. Maybe it was Dijak. Maybe it actually was Lexus King in a weird whatever the hell that guy's doing type thing. I have no idea what's going on with that guy. He's got a slidey throne chair. I'm very confused. But um, I do think they, they've kind of handcuffed themselves. And I don't know if it's just poor planning or if it is, you know, maybe maybe with Brock not being incorporated into plans, they do want to call Braun up sooner. Like there's, there's all these things that I feel like on the main roster might be affecting where this was initially supposed to go. I'm going to go with my booking of Ilya retains because uh trick was softened up by what happens in this dusty. And I'm going to say it's the wolf dogs. I always want to say war dogs, the wolf <laughs> dogs uh, that, that get the W here um, because I think it makes the main event a little bit more interesting. Yeah, I think that the main event becomes very more interesting with the result of this matchup here. So, yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with the Wolf Dogs. And, yes, the Wolf Dogs is a great name. I don't care what anybody says. It's a great name. they got the War Dogs running wild in New Japan. That's rough. That is rough. But I appreciate that it comes from, like, the Lone Wolf thing and, obviously, the Steiner thing. So, like, it at least comes from somewhere. But I was like. Really, no, they, dogs they, sold, in the war they sold me on it. They sold me on it with the backstage segments. Look, I, I don't think there's has been it's superb. Been great. It's superb. been great. And I, I will say, I don't think NXT and New Japan have the biggest crossover fan base in wrestling. They're probably the furthest apart of anything, but still, I was like, yeah, that's tough because Gabe Kid's just running roughshod right now. But, but I, all right, you, what are you talking about, Kate? I would have sworn I saw a whole bunch of WWE fans on my timeline. They know exactly who Kashika Okada is. <laughs> the big NXT signing coming in. <laughs> They're so Soon. ready for him. He, of course, so the night's going to end with Okada coming out. The rain's going to fall. And That's he's gonna it. Come You're going to hear the coin drop against Ilya. That, that match would fucking rule. <laughs> It would slap. versus Okada is like the thing you could sell me on in that promotion. <laughs> literally, that was the thing. That was the, the, the big one-up by the NXT fans. Like, wait, wait, wait. You say it's bad that Okada's coming to NXT, but what about Ilya Dragunov? That's cheating. Okada? You can't use Ilya. That's cheating. He's great against everybody. Exactly. I was like, <laughs> yeah, that would be a great match. It should be on the main roster. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That was yeah. my response to them. Um, but yeah, I, I think the Wolf Dogs, I think this has shown a lot for um, Braun Breaker as far as, as far as showing his charisma and for Baron Corbin as far as like showing that he could potentially even be a baby face with this. Like he showed it when he was bum ass Corbin, but I think that the chemistry that he has with Braun Breaker, you could see it getting over if they paired them up. Uh, like a long-term thing and it will get over with the fans and you can eventually have something that five years ago, I thought I would never say a successful Baron Corbin baby face. Run. 
Yeah, it shows you how much that is not on the back of the heels of uh, Baron Corbin. It was on the back of the heels of some real bad creative, I think, that he was dealt. But this has been surprisingly a really fun and really refreshing duo. Both backstage, they've made stuff work. And in the ring, it's been great. Baron Corbin as a hot tag. I don't know if you're going to find a more fun one in wrestling right now with what he's able to do with that spear, how explosive his offense is. And when you pair that with Baron Corbin having the deep six and a, a bunch of really fun um, supplementary offense into what Braun does, it's, it's a really, really fun duo. Them starting as hating each other, but I'll coupling it to the finals has actually worked much to they use that trope a lot and it doesn't always work. They made it work and I'm in on it. Um, I wouldn't hate them going to the main roster as a duo. I, I think yeah. that could be fun. But we will we will see what happens there. I think that they do win the NXT titles, though. It just feels weird with the D'Angelo I, family right now. Yeah, it does. I, I just feel that if even if uh, Braun Breaker is called up now, it's going to be a CM Punk getting get returning at Survivor Series when I literally was on this channel and I told everybody and I was proven right. I was like, CM Punk's not going to wrestle a damn match until the Royal Rumble. So he probably should have came back in the Royal Rumble. My and I was, I was said, wouldn't it be funny if, <laughs> if CM Punk didn't ro- wrestle anybody until Royal Rumble, and then that's exactly what they did. And um, injuries are never funny, but the irony of the circumstances that they designed this whole plan to keep this exact thing from happening yeah. is heartbreaking. Um, but, but it's, but it's it also it's more also, ironic. Like it's. It's also a benefit for, to them because they don't have to think of anything. They could just have, they just did three promos with Punk. They did him and Seth, him and Drew, him and Cody, and they spread that across like six weeks. That was great booking. That was great delaying of time. And I think even if Braun Breaker gets called up to SmackDown, he'll, he could still be on NXT and to the build up to stand and deliver. And they can have their matchup, the Wolf Dogs versus the family at stand and deliver, which honestly, I would say the Wolf Dogs should win that because, like, like we keep saying, like, it's so weird having the family as champions when really, like, they don't really feel like a family one and they don't really feel like a tag team, like a genuine tag. Despite them being together so long, I don't really ever have viewed them as a tag team. Well, what's tricky too is you would, if you're doing a mob boss thing, that guy feels like he should have a singles title more than a tag title yeah. because he should be puppeting the guys below him. So them as a tag team hasn't really felt like the move for a stable like they're telling us the story is behind. Uh, they also just don't defend them enough. And when Chase U won, I was like, not everything in Chase U has been for me. I love Duke Hudson. I feel like that guy should be in the ring way more than he is. I think he's a superstar. They're out here tweeting that Von Wagner is gargantuan. Duke Hudson's an inch taller than Von Wagner. That guy is like everything that they want in a wrestler, but they don't give him the creative to back it up. And when they lost him back, I, it really felt like the Chase U debt that was owed was going to be to these guys. Like it was going to be, yeah. um, I'm in debt to this mob family. I don't want to die. How do we get out of debt? It's such a fun way to go. And then they just kind of seem to have abandoned that. So um, I felt like that story would have cemented them as tag champions proper because that felt like we figured out how to make these two weird universes that we created exist for a really fun rivalry and one that could also lean into the kind of cheekier nature of how they go about stuff. So really disappointing that they didn't see that story through because I thought that would have actually been really fun. But um, yeah, I would be for the wolf dogs beating... <laughs> Beating the family at Stand and Deliver for those. That would work for me. Wolf dogs. So I always want to say war dogs. <laughs> we do have another Super Chat donation from our good friend, Will Chisholm. Thank you so much, Will, once again. He says, the only way I see Roxanne as a heel, and I think uh, they teasing with her, saying she's the best wrestler in the locker room, to be fair. Tell her when she's telling lies. <laughs> That's what go. I was kind of hoping for with the prodigy thing. Like there's a very, very easy way to flip that heel and a very, very easy way to keep that face. It's just and a couple of adjustments and how that wrestler sees the world that they're in a little bit. Um, so I'm with you, Will. If they were going to turn her heel, I think that would have been the way to do it. But now it feels like she simply has to wear black lipstick and find the darkness within her because that's what we do in NXT. Yeah. 
and be, <laughs> and be a little snappy on the mic. Be a little That's snappy. That's right. <laughs> well, with another Super Chat donation, he says, I think Melo takes the pin and he turned on Trick in the main event. I do think Melo's going to take the pin in the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic matchup. Okay. That, I don't hate that. that. Yeah. I don't hate that. All right, so finally, it's the main event. Ilya Dragunov defending the NXT Championship against the number one contender, Trick Williams. Trick earned this opportunity by winning the Iron Survivor matchup at deadline. A remarkable performance by Trick Williams, the best performance of his career so far. He has been going from strength to strength. His popularity is through the roof. There's even reports, Kate, that people are seeing him as a WrestleMania potential potential main eventer and he main events his first premium live event here against Ilya Dragunov the workhorse the number one the best in-ring worker in NXT who do you think wins this one? Oh, my dramatic king Ilya Dragunov I love him so much I... <laughs> this is interesting because this does feel like it can go either way and unfortunately I don't feel like that's been on the back of the story that I'm drawing that conclusion. It just feels like they could do Ilya Dragunov versus Guther if they wanted at any point in time, or they could call Trick up with Mello. So kind of the real world circumstances coming into play. I think they want to give Ilya maybe a little bit more of like a proper run because so much of Ilya's run has been actually bogged down in this story. He really hasn't had any defenses outside of these two guys that um, have had any massive impact or significance. Um, so I, I it just gut instinct tells me Ilya is going to retain and they're going to keep this going. I also think for Trick and Mello to either properly break up or even to properly get together, you actually kind of need a loss here. Um, so I'm going to go with Ilya, but I wouldn't be astonished if Trick won. Like it wouldn't throw me that far off because you could have Carmelo just being jealous of him, them having a blow off and Carmelo going up to the main roster. But um, Ilya just being such a safe bet with everybody that's in that ring. And Trick making massive improvements, but still being a little bit newer at this. I'm going to go with Ilya here, but they could swerve us. Wouldn't be totally surprised by that because I'm never surprised by a swerve on NXT because it's NXT. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm never totally surprised, but I will say if Trick Williams did win here, it would be the equivalent of all those years ago, not too many years ago, I think it was eight years ago, when Bailey won the Raw Women's Championship in February, like before WrestleMania against yeah. Charlotte Flair, and then defended it at WrestleMania in a five way, and everybody was sitting there like, why didn't Bailey just win it here? It's like, yeah, if you're gonna, if you're that close to WrestleMania weekend and you have a baby face, an underdog baby face that the fans are behind, you should probably get it done at WrestleMania. You shouldn't get it done just before yeah. WrestleMania. So that is why, most of all, I am going with Ilya Dragunov here because this whole this whole main event story is about Trick Williams' rise to the top and him finally getting there. But also, the whole story goes back to Great American Bash 2023. The first Ilya Dragunov versus Carmelo Hayes matchup and the finish to that matchup where Trick Williams grabbed the NXT Championship to motivate Carmelo. Carmelo goes to the outside. Ilya comes off the steps with the torpedo. Melo moves. He runs right into the belt. And that costs Ilya Dragunov that first opportunity at the NXT Championship. I think that we get a callback to that, but instead it is it is Trick running into the title that Carmelo picked up to motivate Trick, and he calls Trick the championship matchup. Dragonoff wins. Then after the match, Melo comes in. He blasts Dragonoff with the title. Trick gets in his face like, what are you doing? Like he's been doing over the last couple of weeks. He checks on Dragonoff, and then he turns around to Melo blasting him with the title. And we end the show with Melo holding up the title. And that sets up a triple threat for Stand and Deliver. Trick, Melo, and Dragonoff, And then Trick's moments there. I love that booking. It feels like they want to yank Mello up faster than that. So I'm I'm intrigued if they can follow I, through I, with it, but I it would be a really like nice culmination. He is going to be Dragon Lee. I, I swear to you. I see it already. He will be Dragon Lee where they will have him on SmackDown for a few, and he'll have random matches with Grayson Waller and Austin Theory because that's all he's really done so far, and he will be back on NXT 
he will be on both shows for until after WrestleMania. I feel like anyone called up at this point, they're going to be floating. You are right, and that's going to drive me crazy. <laughs> it does piss me off too because I was so mad. You know what? Get what pissed me off about that is when Melo came out in the Rumble and he came out to near silence because they messed up his pop by putting on SmackDown for weeks. It, um, also we got a different show for a different side, but like the themes, man, we gotta, we gotta do better because half of those Royal Rumble pops were because of the extremely generic music, but you're right. They kind of took the magic out of who from NXT is going to be in there. Um, bronze pop was bigger than mellows. And I think that that's a, a big part of why is you kind of let the air out of the balloon a little bit. And I, I don't hate to, I don't love to hate out Austin theory, but also I do like, I um, don't think it's his fault, but there's, it's just a vacuum right now. Like it, it really is. They were doing some good stuff with him and Grayson Waller, but it feels like Grayson Waller is just, if they're on a track, he's lapping him at this point. And so to then just throw your hottest NXT star into Grayson Waller's little brother, like doesn't feel like a good way to debut someone. Um, so I agree with you, but the, as long as they're consistent with who they are as a heel and a face. And I was encouraged to see that um, trick was also on the main roster and that they're following through with stories. Like I, I just like continuity. I can get around how I frustrated I am about non-split rosters. Um, if you keep things going across all three brands. Absolutely. So it seems like we're on the same page for most of these matches for NXT Vengeance Day this Sunday, live on Peacock, live on WWE Network, depending on where you're at. But thank you so much, Kate. I, I just love talking any any wrestling promotion, but especially oh, wow. NXT, because I know you have to struggle through that sometimes on a Tuesday. So to see you on a Friday talking glowingly about NXT is always a pleasant sight. Kate, the floor is yours. Let everybody know where they can follow you on social media and what you got going on, Fightful and everywhere else, and your own YouTube channel as well. Sure. This is how you know I love SP3 so much, because if I'm going to be talking about NXT more than I do, okay, it's going to only be <laughs> with someone like SP3. But you can follow me at Miss Kate Babe on social media. You can also follow my YouTube channel, which is at Miss Kate Babe. I'm coming back this month. I took January off because I was sick and on vacation and needed a breather because i got a lot going on but please support me over there if you would be so kind uh, i do some interview content i'm doing a wrestling around the world series that is coming out and uh this week in wrestling which is just kind of an overview show and you can catch me on fightful mondays on fightful select tuesdays covering nxt sour graps we get are extremely silly over there it's more of a variety hour than a review show wednesdays <laughs> at the mark order podcast and thursdays and fridays on the main doing roh and SmackDown, respectively. And, of course, post shows on the main for NXT, but on Fightful Select as an alternative to what's on the main channel as well. Look at that. The most, the most busiest woman, uh, one of the most busiest women in all of wrestling YouTube. Kate, you're one of my favorites as well. You're so one of my thank favorites. You. Thank you Proof so is in much. the pudding. If I'm talking more <laughs> NXT, because of this guy. It's the only guy. <laughs> follow me on the twitter machine at true hill sp3 follow the gang facebook twitter instagram tiktok at true hill heat i'll be back tomorrow 11:05 a.m eastern time the true hill heat flagship podcast myself miss chrissy love and true draw josh talking about this week in wrestling with triple h's response to the Vince mcmahon uh lawsuit as well as Vince mcmahon now under federal criminal investigation so Jeez. Got more Vizic Man to talk about. So we'll I'll see you for that. Check out the great content we got on the channel right now, like AE Ramble 131 with me and Jimmy talking AEW Dynamite and Total Nonstop Blunts number two, a TNB, <laughs> as the fellas watched uh, TNA Impact last night. So check that out as well. But for Kate, it is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom, SP3. This has been our NXT Vengeance Day 2024 preview. We are signing off until next time.